So with that, parents, what parents need to do is that they need to strictly limit screen time per day. Um, they have to understand the importance of physical activity. Um, also, you know, instead of watching TV and having dinner, a family should have dinner together whenever possible. So then that also encourages healthy eating habits. Everyone eats together. It's not just a one person thing. Like everyone has, everyone in a household has to eat healthy and do the same thing for everyone else to follow through, especially the children. Welcome to Fit as a Fiddle. My name is Dr. Sneha Ghazi, and I'm a physical therapist and business owner in New York City. Each episode, we bring you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness industry who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's show. Today, our guest is Namitha John Shah a very dear friend of mine, and a family nurse practitioner. Nami works at the Minute Clinic in CVS in Manhattan and at a pediatric adolescent medicine clinic in Jamaica, New York. We are so grateful to have you on the show today, Nami, and also talking about a very important topic, pediatric obesity. Thank you for having me today, Sneha. Awesome. So what kind of brought you into this field of working with people um, and with obesity in the pediatric population? Well, um, for the past year, I've been doing the pediatric and adolescent um, medicine in Jamaica, Queens. And I've just from time and time again, come across so many children now that are obese and overweight um, with multiple health problems, facing challenges. And I realized that this is a huge problem. Um, and it's, it's mainly a problem in developed countries, but it's also becoming worse in all throughout the world. Um, since the 1970s, obesity in the pediatric and population has more than tripled and about like one in five are obese now. That's crazy. One yeah. in five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the most serious public health challenges of the 21st century. And this is mainly in the United States or is this really global? It's becoming global. It's more prevalent in the developed countries like the United States, Canada, Europe, um, but continues to be on the rise everywhere um, because there's more availability now of boxed foods, packaged foods, fast foods because it's quicker, it's easier, cheaper to consume, and now it's more accessible in all parts of the world. Yeah, like now there's a McDonald's everywhere. Exactly. I don't think it was like that everywhere. 20, 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. In every, like literally almost every country, right? That's insane. Exactly. So what, what kind of constitutes obesity? What's the definition of, you can say, are you, you're clinically obese now? So the CDC defines overweight um, at or above the 95th percentile um, of the BMI for your age. And then when you're between 85 and 95, you're at risk for overweight. So we really have to follow each child's growth chart carefully and make sure they are below that percentile um, or they maintain a certain weight um, throughout their life. Okay. What's, do you have like an example of that? So say like there's a 10-year-old who is, you know, a normal say functioning. 
Yeah. Um, so say there's a 10 year old that's 130 pounds. A 10 year old should not be 130 pounds. Um, yeah, I don't have the graph in front of me, but it should obviously be way lower than that. Right. Um, but it, but you see it all the time now. Yeah. And what's something that people can do about it? What's, what's something that parents, um, can track as a risk factor? Cause I know this, it, it's tough, right? Because you're kind of just living your life and everyone's just moving along and fast foods become such, like you said, uh, a integral part of a lot of people's lives and their daily food habits. Right. So, and, and I'm sure it just kind of spirals out of control after a while. I'm sure parents aren't saying, I want you to be overweight and I want you to have heart disease and I want you to have, right. you know, right. high blood pressure and <laughs> die. Like, I don't think parents are saying that. I'm sure it's something that spirals out of control, out of whatever circumstances and lack of education. So what's exactly. something that like parents could say, all right, at this time, at this age, this is a risk factor to visually or to like see on their child or that they should hear from their, um, their family medicine doctor when they say it to have a red flag go off, that they need to change their daily habits. So basically parents are the first and most important role model in conditioning the child's um, healthy eating habits and activity level. So it all stems from the parents and how strict they are. Um, obviously there's many barriers. Um, there's cultural barriers. Some cultures think that the heavier the child, the healthier the child, but that's a huge misconception. They want to see the child's, um, growth level over 95%. They think, you know, getting to 100% is the best thing. But then you have to constantly teach them that, no, it's best to remain between the 50th and 75th percentile. Um, there's a lot of teaching involved. You have to teach the parents first because obviously the children are vulnerable, right? They don't, they're not the ones buying the groceries. They're not the ones um, deciding what they're going to do throughout the day. It's mostly the parents. Um, and a huge barrier is like a lower socioeconomic status um, because parents tend to work long hours. Um, they're not able to um, help their children, you know, go out with their children, be active with their children. Children are stuck either at home or at school. Um, also neighborhoods that they live in, if it's not safe, the parents are not going to allow the children to go out and play. Um, so they're going to want to be once again, just go from school to home. Um, but a way to combat that is to look into like local community um, free to low cost after school programs, gym programs, summer programs, summer camp um, to have the children go there instead of sitting at home. Um, also what happens when they sit at home is that with this rise in social media and gaming, that's also causing the obesity. Uh, it plays a huge part. Um, kids are spending hours gaming instead of going out and playing on a bicycle, walking around, playing tag with their neighborhood kids. Um, and then even low, long hours on social media like Instagram, Facebook, it causes mental distress, low self-esteem, leading them to eat unhealthy, um, continuing to eat, um, gaining weight, and just like just in like this vicious cycle um, of like unhealthy habits. Um, and like parents, so with that parents, what parents need to do is that they need to strictly limit screen time per day. Um, they have to understand the importance of physical activity. Um, also 
you know, instead of watching TV and having dinner, a family should have dinner together whenever possible. So then that also encourages healthy eating habits. Everyone eats together. It's not just a one person thing. Like everyone has, everyone in a household has to eat healthy and do the same thing for everyone else to follow through, especially the children. I love everything you said. I have so many things to say about it. I just didn't interrupt you because you were speaking my language. Um, it's so true. I mean, it's so yeah. true that, you know, our, from when we were children to now, the kids mm -hmm. today, our lives are so different. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook. Right. Yeah, we did have video games, but it was just coming out. Like, I remember right. when the PlayStation came out for the first time. Right. And we weren't allowed to get it. <laughs> I know. For years, like we had to wait for a long right. time. And I remember scooters were a big thing at the time. Mm -hmm. Rollerblading was huge. It was really right. cool if you could no rollerblade. No one rollerblades anymore. I no, never see it. But that was huge. If you could rollerblade, you were so cool when we were kids. Right. We would build tree houses. It's just, and I know this is kind of like one of those things where, you know, I'm sure our parents are like, when I was a kid, I used to walk 100 feet uh, every day just to like, you know, do this or 100 miles just to do that. But it's different. I think the world is really changing because of accessibility and mm -hmm. that creates an environment where we need to be more mindful. Um, right. And as parents, they, parents need to be very careful with what they allow their child to eat and the way they live their lives because right. everything is on a device nowadays. And mm -hmm. children can be talking to whoever, doing whatever, and parents will have no idea. Before, right, if right. you're, were, if my, our parents knew which kids we're playing outside with, right? So right. they know who we're associating with. They know if we're going to do something. And it's much harder now because of technology. Kids can order their own Ubers and go mm -hmm. and get whatever they want, right? So right. it's, it's a definitely a different world. And I think that conversations like this are really important to start talking about what are we going to do for this next generation and how do we allow children to live in a more healthy environment and like you said it starts from parents and then it's a combination mm -hmm. of exercise and nutrition and it's a right. daily living sort of a thing which mm -hmm. is like just it's just just the crux of the whole problem and right. I remember um I think one of the most important things to unpack what you said is putting kids in activities like scheduled activities right. with physical activity mm -hmm. um, where they can like camps or karate class or dance classes or sports, you know, right. Uh, right. whatever, right. like, you know, soccer practice, this, that, putting them in weekly where it's, you know, it becomes part of their lifestyle and it's a comp maybe competitive and then they're motivated to do it. And right. that's big in school. And even now, like, you know, sports is huge. Sports are a huge part of people's lives. So that's a great way to get people into it and not right. buying the junk food. That's yes. huge too. Yes. Sugary foods, even juice. Juice has a lot of sugar, which parents don't realize. Obviously soda, cereals have a lot of sugar. Cocoa pebbles, I don't know, cornflakes, all of these are garbage. And the children should not be eating it. They should be eating whole foods. They should be eating eggs in the morning, not cereal. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, we can dive in. This is like a whole nother conversation, but those superfoods that are good for you actually create better mental health and better brain exactly. functioning and make exactly you know make the children smarter at school mm -hmm. and more attentive at school less right you know distracted and it just there's so many benefits to it and I think that a lot of it is just starts from education 
and having conversations right. like this. Right. So I agree. And what's sad is that um, our current political administration is not supporting the future of our country. Um, Michelle Obama did the Healthy Hunger Free Acts in 2010, and the Trump administration is rolling that back. And her initiative was to have more healthy school lunches because a lot of kids don't have access to healthy foods at home. Um, so at least they can get it in school. So her idea was to decrease sodium, increase the whole grains, increase fruits and vegetables, cut back sugar, like the sugary milk drinks and all of that. But now they're rolling that back. And it's really sad because it's all political. It's all for political gain, but then they're hurting our future. Yeah, that's very sad. Um, well, hopefully that doesn't get passed. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully somebody does something about that. Um, and we can all do something about it. We can post about it. We can share information about it. Right. You know, it's our, it's our job as well. But like you said, I mean, it's easier to educate, but there may be barriers like this where it's just right. a matter of money and time on the parents. Mm -hmm. It is. And yeah, to, so it sort of becomes like what it, it's a chicken and egg sort of just cyclical downward right. spiral where parents right. are like, we don't have time to take care of this. Or like it's, it's enough that I'm keeping you alive and putting any food on the table, let alone healthy food, which right. is more expensive. I mean, we, even we shop in grocery stores and we buy organic produce and that's definitely more expensive than mm -hmm. buying yeah. the cocoa pebbles. <laughs> right. I know <laughs> it's tough. It's a challenge. It's a challenge, but once parents incorporate it into their lifestyle and they become used to it, it, it gets easier yeah. and they find ways, they find cheaper ways. Yeah. And even if it's not organic produce, just buying produce. Exactly. That's produce over packaged foods. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that, you know, if, if you really thought about it, if you bought non-organic foods and just produce and with groceries, that's mm -hmm. cheaper than buying juices and other things like that, right. adding that yeah. into your diet. And, and why not do freshly squeezed juices, you know? Or right. instead of a bag of chips, just substitute it for an apple. But that mm -hmm. really does start from a very young age because once children get to a certain point in their lives and they've been used to having all this sugar, mm -hmm. it's almost right. like their taste it's, – it's true. Their taste buds become accustomed to this. And so right. they start to they're, – they're, they don't have a very robust you know, array of – uh, tasting well and so now they're right. having vegetables that may be bitter or maybe mm -hmm. a little basically not super sugary and then they can't eat it because they don't like it and it's yeah. not their fault because it's I mean it's, not. it's just the fact that their taste buds haven't developed to like those things right from the moment they take their first solids the parents should introduce everything every single fruit vegetable as long as they're allergic to it obviously um, and slowly go from there and just keep building up on that. And do you know anything about um, mothers who are pregnant eating um, an array of foods and in utero, the child becoming accustomed to that in the amniotic fluid? Is, that, there's any, is there any research coming out about that? Um, I'm not sure. Um, that's a little bit of a stretch. Definitely what the mother eats affects the fetus. Um, but the fetus coming out and... I mean, there is something called gestational diabetes that could happen um, and that could affect the fetus. The fetus can come out heavy. Um, but what the, mother, what the mother does affects the fetus in general, but I don't know if the fetus comes out wanting, you know, sugar <laughs> like that. Um, and I don't, but there is, I mean, kids do have a genetic predisposition um, to being obese. 
So even if they do, it's still environmental factors that contribute to it. Um, their family that contributes to what happens in the future. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not black and white. It's, it's definitely complicated per, yeah. and every child is different. Yeah. And like we said, there's a political push here. There's an environmental push here. Mm-hmm. There's an awareness push here. There's so many things that are sort of, you know, I'm sure that kids who are living in inner cities who don't have access to large playgrounds and jungle gyms and, you know, sporting activities and fields and, you know, campsites don't have as much access to this stuff and they don't have as much of an opportunity to exercise and be in an environment where it's cool to do that. Maybe it's cool to go camping or like when we were kids rollerblading right? <laughs> those right. areas. So I think it's, it's a combination of a lot of things, but I think they're all addressable in some respect and they can all be at least you can at least look at it and create some change. And I think that starts from educating parents and putting good food on the table and encouraging children to go out, which are difficult things to do if you're not used to it, but they're definitely possible. It is possible. You just have to look into it. I mean, I understand that all neighborhoods are safe. I would be scared too, sending my children out, you know, in an unsafe neighborhood. But then, I mean, there's options. You just have to look into it and find them. Yeah. Any other insights and takeaways from this topic? Um, it's just that, you know, it starts with the parent. Um, you know, they're, they're the ones that will shape the, the child's diet habits and activity habits. And it's just teaching one parent at a time. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to us about this. Thank you. It's an important topic and I'm glad we had you on to, you know, get into the nitty gritties of it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone gained a lot of new information out of this episode. Please subscribe and review the show. It means the world. I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.